Alleluia, alleluia, amen. After this I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Brothers and sisters in Christ, all of you who are indeed saints, God's mercy and his grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus. Amen. A special welcome, welcoming to our Vinsbacher Knabenkorn. With a name like Kaiser, I get asked a bit, Sprechen Sie Deutsch? To which I must confess, nein. Ich spreche nicht Deutsch. And in fact, I'm not probably even saying that correctly grammatically, but um, no, I do not speak German, regrettably. But thank you so much for your addition to our worship this day. On a day when we get a picture of heaven itself, and we get to see this um, crowd, uh, this multitude that uh, no one can count, this, uh, this great crowd, can't even imagine what it may have looked like or will look like, I should say, wearing the white robes and palm branches and saying salvation belongs to our God. That with the, the sound that must be there and the, uh, the heavenly music I've always loved for all the saints, an amazing, incredible hymn, giving us that picture and adding to the comfort and, and anticipation that God would give us, especially for those who have gone before us. For that's what we get to do on this day. We get to remember those who have died. And specifically those who have been part of this community of believers who have died over the last year. And if you are here specifically with a loved one, family, friend, whose picture and or name will be displayed or read an extra measure of God's comfort and peace and, and may that hymn that is raised to heaven and the picture that we get to see may that bring you comfort and may that bring you hope to know that we also will be with that same on the day that the Lord sees fit the book of Revelation in this case is one that gives us images that at least we can relate to and be excited about. It talks about a lamb who had been slain and then it talks in many cases seven eyes and seven horns and seven seals and seven trumpets. But this portion of Revelation perhaps is as clear as any. The lamb who is Jesus and who is surrounded by all creation and receiving the praise that is due him. What an incredible thing to be part of that we are included in that. 
Because that's also what scripture teaches. That not just those who are in heaven already, those who have fought the good fight, those who have kept the faith, faith, yes, they are saints in heaven. But scripture also reminds you and me that we also, properly so, can be called saints. Now, I don't know about you, but even though I understand that and can say I believe it, I certainly don't feel comfortable being called a saint. Do you? Often on Saints Day or a, a message that talks about saints like this, people will kind of jokingly before or after the message or after the service say hello to their friend and call them, you know, hi, St. Jerry or, or St. Sally or whoever it may be. And we kind of chuckle a little bit. And again, we know that it's true, but wow, do we feel it? Do we live up to that name? After all, isn't there a certain expectation of saints? The church has historically for centuries honored and recognized those individuals who have lived an exemplary life and perhaps in many cases given their life because of their faith in Jesus. So we worship in a building that is named St. Lawrence because of that gentleman who was called by God to be a believer in Jesus, who even was martyred, gave his life because of the truth of the gospel of Jesus in his heart. But you and I? Well, again, don't let me speak for you. Me? A saint? It is true that a pastor wears a white robe Specifically for that purpose, to, to be all of us reminded of the robe of righteousness that covers over every Christian. But if you could see what's underneath, if you could know what's in the heart and in the mind, you could know the secrets and the sins, if you're like me, there would be shame. There would be certainly a feeling that the title saint should never be applied because I don't measure up. I had the privilege uh, back in September to... Uh, to go out to the state of Utah and to spend some time there. And it was an incredible, incredible experience and visit for me. But as many of you know, the state of Utah is known as being nearly 90% of the population there is connected with uh, what is called the Mormon Church, or the official title is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or LDS sometimes it's referred to as well. And what a privilege it was to interact with any number of people that belong to that particular um, faith. And the genuineness, the true joy that, that I sensed and, um, and, and uh, just uh, what a privilege. And in many ways, I thought, wow, do I carry myself as, as winsomely as, as do these 
Latter-day Saints. I um, got to see some of the churches, of course, and then went to Salt Lake City and even saw, got to walk on the, the campus of the Temple Square, where, of course, the, uh, the great temple is, and got to go into what had been, what is the tabernacle, where the, where the Mormon tabernacle, where the Mormon tabernacle choir performs, and to see the incredible beauty of that structure, the acoustics that are there, and to, um, very, very impressive. But, I wasn't allowed to go into the temple. And I'm not sure if any of us would, unless we have some kind of special connection. For you see, the temple is reserved only for those Granted, I don't always understand all the terms and levels and so forth, but as I understand it, have, have achieved a certain level of obedience to the rules and regulations of the church. And I would imagine that those who can enter there, it must be a pretty big deal to be able to go into the temple or to be married at the temple. Again, another great honor as I understand it. But as wonderful and as attractive as the people and, and the title and the buildings, as you dig into that system of belief, you discover that although Jesus is in the name and Jesus is proclaimed, yet what really matters is how saint-like you live. And if you don't measure up, if you aren't able to follow the rules and regulations that have been laid out, well, you got to work a little bit harder. And, and maybe then you might qualify to be able to get to a certain level and maybe be included in the temple. I have a feeling that in some small way, that's the kind of system that Martin Luther was living under before the Great Reformation. For he knew the Word of God. He knew the laws of the church, the rules and the regulations that he was supposed to follow. But unlike so many who say, hey, that's good enough for as long as I'm better than this person, I'm doing fine. No, Luther took it to heart and he could see right through. And he could realize that no matter how many hours he spent in prayer, no matter how much he devoted his life, I mean, he was in a monastery. But still, he could not satisfy the demands of being a saint. And it led him to despair. By the grace of God, through the work of the Holy Spirit, through the word, Luther came to believe and understand that his having the righteousness of God 
In other words, that which would it take to be a saint was not something that came from within him. Was not something that he had to accomplish and work toward, but rather, as it says in Romans, that the righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ. That it is something that was given to him by God because of what Jesus had done on the cross. And once he realized that, that it was not up to him, that, that this weight of the law of being perfect, of being a saint was lifted, that he knew that God was no longer angry with him, that he was loved unconditionally by his Savior, that made all the difference. And it was through his work and through all that took place through the Reformation that, that the truth of the gospel came to be proclaimed in all of its purity again. But it sounds so easy, doesn't it? Oh, it's just all Jesus. All you got to do is believe and you're a saint. Well, on the one hand, it is that simple. But at the same time, it is so profound. And there's a tendency on our part as Christians to live and grow up with and become so familiar with the gospel, the truth of how Christ loves us unconditionally, that we forget or take it for granted or don't truly comprehend the price that it cost Jesus. One of the passages, verses that was read before was this exchange between um, John and one of the elders, we're told, in the book of Revelation, who said, these in the white robes, who are they and where did they come from? And maybe you know his answer. John says, sir, you know. And the man said what? He said, these are they who have come or coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Talk about something that doesn't make sense. Talk about an analogy that seems to break down immediately for you and me. Since when does washing something with blood make it white? It doesn't. It can't. And it never has. From our perspective. But when the blood is the blood of the Lamb, Jesus, that is precisely what happens. The robe that we wear is a robe that has been dipped and washed in the blood of Jesus because he had to shed his blood. Believe in Jesus, it's that simple. But recognize it was Jesus who suffered and died, who went to the cross, who did experience pain and suffering so that we 
would be forgiven. You see, that's what it means to be a saint. To believe. It's a matter of faith. So that when, when the scriptures say that you are a saint, we don't say, no, I don't measure up. No, God knows all that. But he says here, put on this robe of righteousness and see now what power and, and motivation that gives you to live like a saint. After Luther discovered that truth of the glory of faith and the gospel, his life was spent tirelessly writing and preaching and proclaiming and arguing and debating and yes, even having to, to hide for his life. When the Holy Spirit fills you and me, we might be surprised at what the Holy Spirit is able to accomplish as we also live that saint-like life because we can, because of the freedom that is ours in Jesus. And yes, someday we will be part of the entire church triumphant that we get to celebrate and remember today. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.